Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. How you doing out there? I'm your host, Brett McGrath. And wow, what a wild week in my life. We are going to get to that. There are so many topics at hand, and I am just glad to be here escaping a little bit from some awesomeness that is happening in my life to spend a short moment talking about sports cards and talking about the hobby. What a week for me. It is officially dad life. That is the mode I am in. We were fortunate to bring our daughter into this world. Uh, The wife, the baby are doing great. And I will tell you, it was the most amazing experience that I've ever been through in my life. And I know that all the dads out there and all the moms out there listening to Stacking Slabs feel the same way. Really puts a lot into perspective. Um, you know, I shared a post on Instagram this week and got so many well wishes and so many, uh, so many kind comments and so many DMs about, uh, the position of where I'm at now as being a dad. And it was just so motivating and encouraging and also really shined a big light on the greatness of this hobby and in this community. And you know, I use this show to talk about uh, preparing for dad life um, and started to do that after the first trimester. You know, we have, my wife and I went through a lot of struggles to get to this point. And I know there is a lot of people out there um, that go through these fertility struggles. And for me, it was almost therapeutic uh, to talk about preparing to be a dad after, you know, being. Uh, being in the grind and, and and trying for so long and going through so many ups and downs and dark times. And, you know, this show really became therapy. And I started to get messages from so many moms and dads during the process. And it was amazing to connect with people in the hobby this way. Um, cards are a big part of my life and they've given me this platform and they've given me an escape. And they've also given me a brand new set of friends, which is amazing. And I, I had no idea if uh, my daughter will be into cards, but I'm going to give her a chance. Uh, I'm going to introduce them to her because I want to see if there's a connection. And I think the bridge and connection into people who share is that passion. And it's an amazing thing. And, you know, mom and baby are doing great. And I'll be taking some time away from work over the next few weeks to be with family. Um, I will keep running the show. Um, it is a uh, small break from the action. Um, the hobby is an escape, and I know we all treat it as such. And um, so I'm escaping away right now for a few moments while uh, the baby is uh, down to record stacking slabs to make sure that um, I keep the train rolling. I know a lot of you out there enjoy the show. I enjoy recording the show. So we'll keep it rolling, but just feel so blessed and um, wanted to share that out, out at the top. Now, I guess 
how about we kind of segue from something super positive like bringing a new child into this world to something not so great. Um, and I think that's like, as I was sitting in the hospital and, um, you know, hanging out with the family, making sure my wife had everything she needed, taking care of the baby, you know, I, when people were asleep, I slipped away and would get on Instagram. And, you know, typically people, when there's something negative that happens in the hobby, um, people pile on and, I try to stay away from that, but this certainly, I don't know if it was an element of um, going from something positive in my life to checking the phone and being an escape and then seeing something so negative that struck me. But man, I think this is what I can tell you is that if you are out there and you are not treating the hobby like the great people in the hobby do, and that's to enjoy it, give back, help other people, and collect sports cards, then there's probably going to be people who eventually find out, especially if you're trying to manipulate others. And I think I'll just jump into the topic. And if you're not part of the Instagram community, I think there might be a chance you, you might have missed this, but uh, there was a post exposing a long-time hobby scammer, Danny Gold, who also goes as 8everlast24 on Instagram. And as I'm trying to focus on the positive, I think there's also something that we should be said as this is a self-regulating hobby. And just because I index on the escape and the collection portion, um, I think there is the opportunity, especially when someone is doing others wrong to shine a light on it. And I've received messages over just the past several months that let me know that even though it's negative, the hobby needs to have watchdogs. And my position has always been that people are going to do the hobby different. And we can't be negative towards people who don't do the hobby like you do. But we should always call out and take down fraudsters, okay? We should do that because there's no hobby police. And so I've never been one to not think that hobby watchdogs are a good thing. I do think they are, but I've just never really been one to be on the other side of vocalizing um, their work because they already do a great job. But this, this case, I think, is an exception. And this is one of those cases where I think showed the power of the community and how it's such a great network of people and how these individuals got together to expose an individual who accordingly to evidence, according to evidence, blowout threads, several messages has just been a long time, not so great dude in the hobby. Now, the reason why I gravitate to this is because Kyle from the Wax Museum podcast really started this train. And I think Kyle is someone who's built a ton of credibility in the hobby by creating content that matters. Um, if you're not already listening to the Wax Museum podcast, you should. It is a must-listen every week for me 
because I just love the work, the due diligence, and the passion that Kyle puts into his show. Um, it's a breath of fresh air. It's something. It's a show where I always learn something. I enjoy the conversation. I enjoy the research being done. And Kyle really brought to life um, this 2012-2013 Panini National Treasures Kawhi Leonard RPA and how it was traced and how that this card based on Kyle's RPA tracker, which is a great resource that helps make sure that if we're going to be spending a lot of time or a lot of money on RPAs in the hobby, that there's been a history of patch patch swapping. Um, and now something that I didn't even realize was really happening, but tracing autographs. So this, this really caught my attention where Kyle shined a light on this card. And because he tracked it, and because these cards are serial numbered, showed an original photo of the card, then showed the card in a PSA slab, PSA 10 graded slab, where it was the same card, but the signature was traced. And this card then went to Golden Auctions, and then Card Porn, which is the hobby watchdog, which I think has the biggest audience. Um, has is emphatic about sharing uh, misfortunes and manipulation from people in the hobby, and I think this this was something when I saw Kyle's content towards this, and then when I saw Card Porn post on this, he called it out, and it wasn't just the National Treasures Kawhi Leonard, but it was a Luca first off the line RPA. It was a Mahomes three out of five Panini preferred that involved tracing from an individual and there were receipts. There was, um, you know, me just doing a, a Google search took me to blow out threads from uh, the archives of this individual who had uh, manipulated a lot of people. And I think at the forefront of this is greed. I think Buying autograph, buying cards and buying autos raw, tracing them, grading, and then selling them um, is greedy, right? You're manipulating others and you, you know, you you acquire these cards and the autograph might not be a 10 auto, but then to go take in an, ex, an extra step to manipulate the card to try to gain maximum profit is is something that I don't think we stand for in the hobby. And certainly I know um any individuals who would have known that that card was traced um, would not be purchasing it. But then you have this card that's on the biggest platform, probably known to the hobby, and that's Ken Golden's Golden Auctions. And this is where it all kind of happened to me. So you have Kyle who brings this post up or brings this card to our attention. Next thing you know it, you have card porn posting evidence and um, a history of the scammer. Then you have the thread go down where then Ken Golden asks the individual, hey, since this is your card, can I have your permission to send it to PSA where then they can uh, mark it as an altered card and then send it back? And the individual decided to delete the comment, went private, delete cards on his account. His, his page went from 136 to 75 cards massive cards were taken down from his page, which is sad, right? It's sad because it's our, all of these cards that he took down from his page, manipulated, great grails. We're talking MJ Exquisite, 
great cards that people in this hobby appreciate. And so to me, the writing is on the wall. All the chips are out. The evidence is on the table. And I think what this did was it showed the power of the community and what the community stands for. And we won't stand for individuals who are trying to manipulate others. And is this going to be the only person who's doing this? Are there other people doing this? Of course there are. But if we can, as a community, band together and provide evidence and call these people out when they deserve to, we should. And that's what happened. I think for what, what strikes a chord for me a little bit is that this, after I posted my gold select Carson Wentz card, this individual decided to slide into my DMs and try to sell me the 9.5, two BGS 9.5s. And I think for me, this is, you got to be cautious. Um, the hobby is self-regulated. And this was an interest, this was a instance when the, where the community prevailed. And I think well done to everyone involved. And this is also a learning lesson. If someone, not saying this is always the case, but if someone's sliding into your DMs trying to sell you cards, you should always be just be skeptical. And I, I, I had the card in a different grade and a different graded by a different company. So I wasn't interested in the nine five and the nine fives that he had might have been legit cards. They probably are legit cards, but I could have bought that card and then I could have built a relationship and then ended up buying a card that was manipulated, which would suck. So I just want to say, well, freaking done, everybody involved, especially Kyle from the Wax Museum podcast. Also, shout out Card Porn for using Card Porn's platform to call this dude out. And also another shout out to Ken Golden, who is using his platform to say, hey, this card's altered. Why don't you give me permission to send it to PSA? And the individual ran away and made his account private and is probably going to try to keep doing this. So let's go hobby. Let's go community. Let's start talking about the NBA a little bit here because the NBA is kicking into full gear. Uh, I Before the baby came, I got a chance to watch my Pacers play the Knicks. I was in the hospital and missed the Cavs game. And I think what we're seeing now is the excitement that the NBA has to offer. The hobby hype train is certainly on. Yes, it is. I am seeing a ton of people post about excitement around guys that haven't quite jumped off the page yet, but have a lot, have potential. And people are getting excited about players like Darius Gar- Garland, and people are getting excited about players like Jordan Pools. And I think there's so many hopefuls out there. And to me, as I see all of this excitement and people buying cards, um, that I think that's always going to be a part of the hobby. There's always going to be rich speculation. There's always going to be people trying to win big, try to buy cards, see a guy play, jump off the page, and then see their cards go 4X, 5X in a half a season or a season time. Not saying we shouldn't speculate. Not saying we shouldn't prospect. I will say, to me, it was self-reflection of being in this position about two years ago and where my mind was at and what I was doing. And it it caused me to bring back uh, um, a memory that maybe I didn't necessarily want to bring up here in public forum, but I do think is important. And so a couple of weeks ago, I 
uh, I was thinking about just hobby misses and I posted on Instagram story and was, I talked about this on one of the other shows, but was overwhelmed by the amount and the volume of people who shared their misses and made themselves a little vulnerable. And that was awesome. And I think it's really awesome because there's, there's really no hobby rewards or point system. Like people aren't keeping track of people who are speculating and hit and then are profiting off of that. And like, there's, we don't keep score, but people are, uh, some people are just, they don't, they don't admit and they don't say, you know what? Like, I'm going to make myself a little bit vulnerable. Like that was stupid. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have been buying that player. I probably shouldn't have been telling people to buy that player, but a lot of the people who tell people what to buy, never go back and say, you know what? This last six months of content or this last year of content, when I was telling you to buy these small rookies, second year guys who still haven't done anything, you know what? That was my bad. Like that just doesn't happen. But when I posted that in my story and saw the response, um, I was like, you know what? Like these people, like people responding back to this might not have massive hobby platforms or a show that, you know, a lot of people listen to regularly, but it showed like the power of um, admitting mistakes and we all make mistakes in the hobby. And I think we have the opportunity also to learn from each other. So as I see everyone, not everyone, but I see more and more people getting excited about basketball. A lot of people are talking about these unproven talent and players that they think other people should be buying. So I'm going to share a little little case study on a time and a lot of money and a big misstep that I had when I started out in the, off in the out in the hobby and do I wish I had the money back that I spent on this player for sure but there's something powerful of going through the process yourself and learning from your mistakes so any longtime listener of the stacking slabs podcast knows deep down how much and how how excited I was around a young talent from France Sekou Demboye I probably talked about Seku nonstop for the six first six months, twelve months, or six months to a year, yeah, of the show. Now, I I wasn't necessarily saying, "Hey, I'm buying Seku. You should buy Seku," and I wasn't trying to use my platform to hype up Seku and get you to buy it. However, I'm also not naive to think that some people might have took it as that because that's how a lot of hobby content works. So what I'll say on this one is I am no talent or scout evaluator, but I was infatuated by Seku's skill, the scenario he was in, his upside and potential, okay? This guy was drafted 15th overall. The Pistons were not a very good team when he was drafted. Okay, so he got some minutes here in his rookie year. Um, he was played a lot of... Uh, development. He was on the development side, got a chance to watch him play in the D league, liked it, liked the confidence. He was you know, scoring 25, 30 points a game. He was the best player on the team as it appeared. And then he got a chance towards the middle of the end of his rookie year. And I'll never forget about that dunk that he put on Tristan Thompson. Go look up Sekou Demboye, Tristan Thompson in your YouTube machines and you'll all see it. But I got blinded by that. I got blinded by it. And I was buying Seiku cards. Nice stuff. Not like out of this world, but I had nice pieces. I had his Galactics. 
I had his cracked eyes. I had a bunch of his prism parallel stuff. And let's just say stacking slabs. I had a lot of stacking a lot of Sekun Demboye slab. And things to me went south when you you had, you know, Derek Rose coming in and Blake Griffin got healthy. Um, they completely revamped their team. And the first signal was the signing of Jeremy Grant to a big deal, which I knew when it happened. Okay, they're signing this guy. This is probably going to take the minutes that I was anticipated Sekou was going to get away from him. Then they drafted guys like Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes, and they were starting to feature these guys. And all of a sudden, a kid from France, Sekou, who'd been there for about a year, was the longest tenure player on the team looking for minutes. Last season was a struggle. It was brutal. Like, I remember, you know, I'm a League Pass subscriber, and I remember watching Pistons basketball, a lot of it. I'd watch the Pacers, and I watched Pistons, and I'd be like, man, this sucks. Like, I'm sitting here waiting for this kid to get in the game, and he's not even getting minutes, and the Pistons weren't very good. And I was like, this sucks. And I've got all this money in Seku, and this just is not fun. And so then, obviously, they were got the number one pick, drafted Cade Cunningham, and then all of a sudden, when that moment happened, for me, I said to myself, okay, I spent all of this money on this guy. His cards don't make me happy. He's probably never going to get a big chance, so I'm going to cut my losses, and I'm going to sell his cards. So I sold his cards for a percentage of what I bought them for, okay? A percentage. And this was my biggest hobby, L. Easy with a bullet. Sekou went on to get, uh, went to Brooklyn, got a little action. Then he got moved to the Rockets immediately. Then he got cut. Now what? And I think to me, this is a lesson that I wanted to share out here because I think there's a lot more. And, and I'll also say this could Sekou get picked up by somebody? eventually get some minutes, maybe be a productive player. Sure. I don't think it's completely over for him, but it was over for me and my relationship with him and my PC. And again, this always, it teaches me a lesson. Always go passion over profit when you're buying your sports cards. Do we all want our sports cards to go up in value? Of course we are. But buy with your head, buy with your heart. I think there's a lot more Sekou Demboye stories out there than there are Giannis stories out there. So I just say that, be careful. NBA, it's the hype machine. It's fun. It's all the time. It's every day. There's so much going on. I'm going to watch the NBA, but I'm sitting back and I'm not saying, you know what, I want to go invest in some young talent because it is a very, very risky situation. So if you are doing that, just make sure you mitigate your risk, protect what you're doing. And at the end of the day, make sure you're enjoying that damn hobby. I got to get out of here. I can hear my daughter downstairs. Got to show her some love, but I wanted to show you all some love. Be careful out there. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back on Friday with an episode with my man, Chris, from the Card Ladder team coming at you. Everyone stay safe out there. Talk to you real soon.